Hello everyone, it's your boy Hunt, because I'm on the hunt for all the best minis in the world. We also have our regular co-host, Big Boy Chungus here. Say hello, Big Boy. Why are we here? <laughs> what are Just we... to suffer. What are we doing on this plane? <laughs> <laughs> Is God absent, or does he hate us? We'll never know. <laughs> wow, we've been watching too much weird stuff today. We've been watching way too much. Oh yeah, we'll get... To... Well, let's... Whatever. We're, we're here to do a podcast. Let's do this podcast. Don't say anything copyright worthy. <laughs> no, no, no. Speaking of copyrighted materials, I'm going to play All-Star at the beginning of the podcast from now on. Hey, Just... now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, everyone. It's us. The one called Fate knocks on your door. Once again, we're back with another episode of Tabletop Recap, the best tabletop gaming podcast on any coast, and we're your hosts. Hey. So today we are talking about something that we absolutely love in gaming, uh, miniatures. This is an ep about miniatures in general. We're going to talk about all the big miniatures on the market that uh, we know things about, at the very least. And first up, we want to talk about the big boys. Some of the most popular miniatures and some of the best ones on the market. Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. I feel like you got me started with these to try and convince me to get into action figure collecting. Yeah, that's what your brother told me. He told me he was like that miniature collection. That miniature collecting's the gateway. One day he'll be getting those action figures. Because remember, been, we were at GameStop recently, and you were looking at action figures, and you were like, "Whoa, this comes with so and so." And I was just waiting. I was like, "Is today the day? Will I'll, I witness the awakening?" I'll buy official action figures once you start buying your own magic cards, like in <laughs> I, bulk. I just bought. Okay, in I, bulk. I don't buy in bulk. I just buy singles. Singles don't count. You unless, buy, you, unless you buy $200 worth of them like I did. You can time. buy singles. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And then our friend who owns a comic shop was like, he didn't buy them from me. <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have been so mean. So Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder are basically the same exact quality of miniature. Uh, it's all wizards, it's all etc. Et yeah, they're pretty much the biggest competitors when it comes to fantasy role-playing games. So usually if anyone's into those, they're either D&D or Pathfinder. Yeah, and uh, they're extremely well-detailed. Each mm -hmm. each booster of D&D &D comes with like three <clears throat> normal-sized to smaller miniatures and then like one larger one that's really cool. Yeah. So like you can get a giant or a dragon or a pit fiend. The pit fiend is my favorite big one that I have. Yeah. Usually it depends on which set. So like for example, with D&D, &D, you have the standard set of Monsters Menagerie, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, or yeah, any just... of the sets. Most of those, you'll either get a small to medium-sized figure. But then you have things like uh, Storm King's Thunder or Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage, where each box comes with a gargantuan figure, I guess is what they're called. But basically, they're these boys like giants, dragons, anything that stands about two to three times sizer than your standard humanoid figure. Yeah, they're very, very cool. Uh, I can post some pictures of some on the Facebook page. We actually do have a Facebook page for all our podcasts now, B3 Podcasts. Uh, definitely give it a like. I'll try to put it in the description or something or on Anchor. Uh, but we do lots of updates there. And most of the updates I do are for this podcast because this is the only podcast that has merch so far mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, we also have merch. Check that out. <laughs> you just got some today for yourself. I did, actually. I had to buy that branding. Yeah, because we got the uh, One Called Fate Knocks at Your Door t-shirt and the Tarp Goblin Tarp Demon, Demon t-shirt. You're going to insult me to uh, do it properly. I'm thinking about our other host, <laughs> Connor, who couldn't, who couldn't be here today. 
Connor the Trading Card Goblin. Uh, but the D&D &D ones are all pre-painted, unless you buy unpainted ones, because they sell unpainted ones that you know what you're, where you know what you're getting for, because painting miniatures is a hobby by itself. At some point, I'd like to get into painting miniatures, but right now with my job and my current hobbies, it's just easier for me to buy yeah. the pre-painted ones in bulk. It takes a lot of precision and skill. I'm just going to get a couple of the large ones that aren't painted and just basically customize them because I want to make a shifting Ceratops miniature and I want to make a Guanji miniature. Yeah, I, uh, I might just get a couple of the ones that I particularly want, mainly like individual character minis yeah. that... I'd be willing to pay myself because if I'm going to create a character, I want it to be the way like, that I want it to look. I know when you play, the miniature you use for your character is always hand painted because your fate miniature is hand painted, correct? Uh, and your brother's miniature for his dragon is going to be hand painted. Yeah, your fate is hand painted. I, I know it is. Yes, that's why it costs so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it can be a real fun hobby because I know a friend who paints models and he really he really likes it. But D&D uh, &D miniatures aren't perfect. There's a lot of miniatures that are like, oh, it's the same miniature, but this one has a different arm. <laughs> like there are pit fiends and giants and stuff yeah, like that. So actually, I, I have one of each of the pit fiends from the Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign. And they're basically the same figure, except one of them is, is holding, holding a mace. A mace yeah. But if you look at the other one... It's, it's just an empty claw. Yeah, well, where the, the hand that he's holding the mace, it's just a fist. Or an open no, hand. it's an open hand, yeah, because yeah. I have that same one. It's so my favorite it's, one. it's literally just the same model, just with one piece changed. Yeah, and I have some giants and stuff that are like that as well. But at least that took a little bit of effort. Yeah, I mean, that's not too bad. One thing that I find relatively shameful is <laughs> the, the invisible, invisible variants. Yeah. yeah. So, like, for example, I have two phase spiders. Both of them, I believe these were from the Monsters Menagerie. I think they were from a Monsters Menagerie they're, set. They're one from 2016, but they're both phase spiders, same set and everything, but one's just not painted. And like, I get it, if they have the ability to turn invisible or intangible or something, it makes sense, but it's almost like why have two of the same thing? Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier for role-playing, I guess, but I mean, come on, clearly you're going to see this on the board. I know some people that when they run the game, they just straight up don't have a piece for the invisible. Yeah, our, our the friends invisible that creature. we play with don't like to play with minis, but we both have attention deficit disorder and we kind of need minis to know where we are and what I'm, we're doing. I, like, There's a reason I bought so many minis for that one YouTube video for Dragon Heist because... Oh yeah, we, uh, we, we have YouTube going, videos of us opening these kind of there things. There are so many detailed maps and locations for that that we are going to need minis to run that campaign. Yeah, I just I like the minis, man. Because I always forget where I am and like what I'm like facing. Uh, it's real rough. So... Uh, we don't have any Pathfinder minis, but I've seen several, and they're the same thing. You've shown me a few of them. Like, there's a Hydra one that I really want. Dude, that's so cool. Um, From the jungle set. Yeah, I'm actually... Jungle of Despair, I think. I was working on a jungle campaign, and I still am. That's, gonna that's, be why, like I, yeah, that's why I showed one. you this. But actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and come up with a couple of individual dungeons to practice with. Since I'm a new DM, and I haven't even run a campaign yet... That's why I want to practice with Waterdeep Dragon Heist first, then maybe start some single dungeon campaigns to get my feet wet yeah. with the homebrew stuff, and then go from there. I still want to do the Jungle Wilderness campaign, but it's probably something that I'm not going to be finished with for many, many years. Yeah, I have ideas for campaign, but I have no 
motivation to write the campaigns because I'm I'm a published writer like on the side. Yeah, and I my writing energy kind of goes into stuff that's going to make me profit. Yeah, <laughs> and now I can sit down and write, but I'm very disorganized. Like I even have you saw some of the notes that I had when I started coming up with the ideas. Yeah, did you have a whole notebook? For the Jungle Campaign, and it's very disorganized. It's just strips and slides and sleeves of paper everywhere. It's it's crazy. And that's just for the hub world. I haven't even said anything about the actual jungle it's going to be taking place in. Yeah, it's going to be wild. But uh, speaking of some of the stuff, you know, let's bring it back to figures. My personal favorite are the much larger figures. Oh, yeah. We and talked about the, the Pathfinder one uh, with oh, yeah, the Hydra. Because each... Each of these sets also has, like, a gigantic one that you buy by itself. Like, Monster Menagerie something has, like, this Kraken that's really cool. Yeah, now Kraken's... And the Hydra we were talking about for Pathfinder is the big single that's, like, huge. Didn't you tell me that with the Kraken... <clears throat> Excuse me. It comes with like miniature tentacle, like yeah. It has tentacle, tentacle pieces that you put in different places on the map and can move around. I love that. It's uh, it's at the comic shop, dude. It, Check it, it, it out next time you're there. From a visual standpoint and picture that in my head, it really makes it feel like there's more to the figure than just what you can see on the surface. And then with the Hydra one, uh, do you know if that one for Pathfinder comes with any like separate heads or anything? Like, it does come it? with interchangeable heads, I believe. Okay, cool. Yes, it so does. I, I love that. I love the added detail. I love the size because when you when you have little one inch tall figures that you know you can manipulate as pawns or your avatar, then you just have this massive hulking behemoth. That's yeah, it, it really gives you a sense of scale in the campaign. It's great. And that's one of the things that I love because we're, I, I understand some people just like running it in their head and in their mind. But when you have something visual to compare it to, it's kind of the difference between reading a book and watching a movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that's enough about D&D and Pathfinder. Uh, let's move on to my favorite miniatures game, Star Wars Miniatures. Okay. Uh it's a, just a tabletop miniatures game where you like build a team and then you fight to eradicate the opponent's team. I'm We've talked about it. I'm like way too good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't I, have to enlighten me because I've never played the game one, before. One day I'll bring it and we'll play it. And I promise I won't leave it here like I do all my other games. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it home because I like to keep my minis. Um, and it's got like factions and commander effects that can boost everything. But the miniatures were insanely good quality. The game is discontinued, and now they have a different Star Wars miniatures game that I don't like to look at the look of as much. Uh, and it seems more complicated as well. And it's mostly ships now, I think. They mostly do ship miniatures games. Okay, okay. But uh, the Star Wars miniatures were just as good, if not better, than the D&D minis. Uh, they were painted just as well. And, like, there were lots of different Stormtrooper minis. And you could have just repainted the same Stormtrooper over and over for all the different classes and, like, ranks, but they didn't. Like, all my different Stormtroopers are different sculpts. Like, they really put love into that game. Uh, the lightsabers are all translucent. Uh, the D&D miniatures aren't afraid to do translucence either. I'm a big sucker for translucent miniatures. Like, uh, uh, what's that? The blister coil weird from the Ravnica set? Yeah, the blister coil weird. Oh, please trade me that mini. No, I, I will not. Mm. No, because they're from one of my favorite guilds, and I love them. <laughs> so cool. Uh, uh, also, kind of like if you look at the storm giant or uh, the fire giant, uh, the one with the big flame sword yeah, from uh, Storm King. This Thunder. one actually came with multiple pieces. I had to super glue them together. But they, in one hand, he's got a giant flaming sword with translucent flames, and in the other hand, he's got a fireball. That's made out of the same painted material, so I get it. Translucency is awesome with figures. 
Yeah, so Star Wars minis, you know, not too much to talk about because it's kind of covered the same as the D&D. Great mm-hmm. quality, uh, and it's a fun, fun game. I highly recommend it. Now, just because I don't know about it, is it a role-playing game or is it a tactical no. minis game like Warhammer? There is a Star Wars role-playing game. It's a tactical versus game. So like Warhammer. Yeah, we'll get to Warhammer. It's 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 down the list. Okay. Uh, next is Mage Knight slash Hero Clicks slash Horror Clicks. <laughs> All of them are basically the same game. Just with different... Yeah. Genres. Mage Knight was this medieval um, miniatures game. But the big revolutionary thing about it was the clicking bases. Like there are life and strength counters and stuff on the bases. You can hear that clicking. Yes, I do find yeah. that interesting about these figures because it's it, a good idea. It not only gives you a physical representation of a playable piece, but it also gives you statistics and everything right there in front of you. Yeah, so like as your character loses life and their strength and stuff change, you can keep track of it on the miniature itself, which is really useful so you don't have to keep track of it on pen and paper or with counters. Uh, it's really a great idea. <laughs> uh, and then Mage Knight, it was kind of like a medieval magic-y fantasy thing, evolved into a new game called Hero Clicks, but they were also Horror Clicks. So Hero Clicks uh, will be anything like DC, Marvel, Star Trek. Uh, they have all kinds of different ones. There are Pacific Rim ones, <laughs> even. Uh, I mostly have DC because I got a whole brick of Batman the Animated Series when it came out for only 60 bucks, which was a steal. Uh, it was really good. And uh, the Hero Clicks have improved over time because I have some older ones from Grab Bags, and they look much better than they used to, but uh, we get a lot of repaints in Hero Clicks. Yeah, I'm looking at these two right now. They're the exact same Batman figure, except one's just been completely painted black. Yeah, they're different rarities and stats. That's the only difference between these, and so they just painted them differently to portray that. And I feel like that's just kind of a ham-fisted way of marketing collectability, yeah. which I'm not a big fan of. Like, if, if you want to make a chase figure and a common figure that are just two completely different models because one's easier to print than the other, great, fine. But don't take the exact same mold, slap on a different color, and say, hey, this one's rare for some reason. Yeah, I really like the, the Star Trek ones from a little while ago. They're really good quality. You can see, like, all the wrinkles in the shirts and stuff. But, like, part of the budget goes to the revolving base so the detail and paint aren't near as good as the dungeons and dragons ones you know what i mean yeah because these are like whiz kids and neca neca does a lot of miniatures i have their complete uh miniatures set for uh lots of things that they've done uh and then horror clicks is just like horror monsters some of them are licensed but lots of them are original like i have one that's the zombie tin man it's the Tin Man from... Wizard of Oz. But it's a zombie, and he's so cool. He's got, like, spikes on him and this giant axe. Definitely look him up if you're not driving. The The zombie Tin Man horror click is great. That actually sounds really cool. Yeah, there are Alien and Predator ones, and the best horror click of all time, Sharktopus. No. Sharktopus has a horror click. No. Is it is it a larger figure compared to other figures, or did they? I, I've only seen pictures. I've only seen pictures, dude. But I really want. If it. they made them to scale, I'd be really impressed. I also found out recently there's a Sharktopus sequel that I have to watch. I'm not surprised. It's isn't that one of those insane asylum that is the asylum, asylum, those films? asylum films? I think so. Yeah, I think I'm it's not an surprised. asylum film. Sharktopus was such a bad movie. But anyways, uh, I love that stuff. Uh, 
Horror Clicks was basically just Hero Clicks, but the characters weren't as licensable and etc. So it kind of got phased out, and now we just have Hero Clicks. Mage Knight evolved into those games, and then Horror Clicks kind of just went away. I don't think it exists anymore. Nice. We also have Monster Apocalypse, or Monpoc for short. Oh, You've played yes. some Monster Apocalypse years and years ago. I I remember. Was it the base game that we played those, all these years ago, or was that like a Voltron spinoff? We bought a Voltron starter set. Uh, a friend of mine and I split it, and then we kind of split up the stuff that was in it, and then we kind of got more stuff So over time. So yeah. I have I have many Monster Apocalypse I, I remember that. That one was unique because, if I remember correctly, you had five units that you could control individually. Yeah. Well, you had, but you could also bring them together to make one, like, super unit. Yeah, that was a specific type because... Uh, like, there were all these different classes. Like, there was this Shadow Syndicate class that was, like, their Ultraman. And then they had this Dinosaur class that was, like, their Godzilla Toho monsters. Mm-hmm. And then they had, like, an Eldritch Horror Cthulhu class. They had a Mole People class. They had, like, this King Kong Ape People class. Uh, I'm sorry if you can hear that train. <laughs> well, we, At least it's on time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, it's that train? We gotta go. We're hobos, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the dumpster makes for good acoustics. <laughs> but in Mon Pock, you would have your giant monster, and then like tiny little monsters that helped support it. And the giant monster could take on like a hyper form that was usually like a clear miniature or a gold miniature of itself or something. And they were they were really good quality miniatures. They also had stats on them, but they didn't have changing bases. Uh, they just kind of they didn't have stat cards, which I think they should have because. Do Star- they not now? Because that was years ago. It, it, the game has changed a lot. Because you used to be able to buy booster packs with fully painted miniatures. And you would get random miniatures in the booster packs. Which is what I prefer because I want my miniatures painted already, for one thing. And I kind of just like the thrill of the hunt and the luck of the draw, you know? Yeah. But now you buy the starter sets and you buy individual unpainted miniatures. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. they brought it back, but they didn't make any new monsters. They just released l- some of the original monsters with no paint on them. So they re-released the game after stopping it, but they did it in a very lazy way. And maybe if the game wasn't really, really complicated to play and hard to learn, more people would have played it. <laughs> it's, it, was a really, it took a while to learn that game, and I honestly don't even remember how to play. It was wild. I basically just have the miniatures now. Uh... But I do, I do like kaiju miniatures because um, I've always said King of Tokyo needs miniatures. I would love, I would collect the heck out of them if they did make miniatures for that game. I mean, um, we could just use my Monpok miniatures or something for it if we wanted because they're the right size. The cardboard cutouts, I mean, they're they're very good but cartoony. But I really think they are missing some marketable opportunities by not making 3D copies of these monsters especially since they have the evolution cards which give the monsters more character i think when they were making the game they were like do we want more monsters or do we want miniatures if they produced miniatures there'd probably be like four monsters in the box true but there's like a bunch of them true um but but that but the option to get them would be cool i was thinking more along the lines of marketing them separately from the base game yeah uh like you were in statesboro a few months ago and you saw those individual packs. Like, if they sold individual monsters with all of the mutation and evolution cards with that, 
built in with the figure, you know, I'd, I'd totally buy a couple of those. Yeah, me too, man, just because they're kaiju and I collect kaiju like nobody else. Speaking of kaiju collecting, NECA does really good miniatures because they do hero clicks and stuff. And they have, and when, and when Godzilla 2014 came out, they did these two sets of Godzilla miniatures that were single blind bags. And there was a 2014 set and there was a classic set. And those were also really good miniatures. I just wanted to shout Nick out for that. My Godzilla peeps, I know all listen to this podcast. So I had to throw that in. And then here's something that I can't believe we don't have any of the next miniatures we're going to talk about. What's that? Magic the Gathering. Oh, I was really tempted to get a couple of those. I mean, there are, there's the D&D expansion that is Magic the Gathering figures, well, but Magic the Gathering has their own miniatures as well. Yeah, they. Um, I was actually at the comic book store a few weeks ago in Macon, and uh, we, we meaning me and Connor, we actually went by one of the front desks, and they have the individual packs of... The token miniatures. Like yeah, Magic the Gathering, blind, every, blind bags. Every set comes with about a dozen different tokens for different strategies and tribal decks and stuff. And Magic um, sells individual blind bags of random tokens for various sets. You can get little T-Rexes for the Ixalan set. Or you can get sheeps, or uh, not sheep, goats and satyrs for, um, oh, what's the, Theros. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you can get little miniatures, and they range in size from teeny tiny to medium-sized D&D figures that you can just buy blindly. Yeah, I really want the dinosaur one, because my deck actually has those tokens in it. And I would have bought more if it weren't for the fact that, one, I was already buying $100 worth of D&D minis for Dragon Heist, and that these blind bags are like $4 a pop. Yeah. So they're they're not cheap minis. But they're like fully painted and everything, so it's like worth the four bucks if you're really into it but I, I like buying my stuff in bulk so i'm not willing to throw down four to five dollars for a single mini but I'll, I'll spend 15 bucks on a booster box of four but uh i don't know yeah the um the thing with those minis is i only want the dinosaur so i'd probably just go on ebay and yeah, get the dinosaur just go on ebay and buy what you if want. i was interested in all of them i might play the blind bag game because i did the blind bags for the godzilla ones and then i just sold my extras and the only one i could never pull was burning godzilla so i just bought him now that i think about it, the other drawback with me with those is that what if i pull a token mini for a deck that i'm not running well, then I've got a token that I'm never going to use. Well, you could just throw it in with your D&D minis, and it could be a D&D creature. That's true. I mean, they're both made by Wizards of the Coast, so... Yeah, and you got magic minis in here anyways. But yeah, Magic the Gathering has plenty of miniature options for Ravnica, but a few for the tokens as well. Yeah. Now we got to talk about the big one. You can't have a miniatures episode without talking about this very game. Talk about Warhammer? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm talking about Warhammer. Warhammer is a huge game. In more ways than one. Yeah. You have to have like a giant table with all this big stuff to play it. You use a ton of miniatures. Which are expensive as all get out. Yeah, and it costs more than like any other miniatures game. It's incredibly expensive. You have to either paint all the miniatures yourself or have them painted. I mean... It's one of those games that really wants you to work at having fun with it. And he's not here today, but Connor actually, um, if he wasn't busy, wanted to talk about his experience with Warhammer. He never could afford 
um, the miniatures by himself, him and his friends. So what they had to wind up doing was making their own. So they would use like aluminum foil and plastic to represent all of their individual pieces, which I think yeah, is great. They, they used that to make like the environment, and then they just used like little dollar store army men as the miniatures. Yeah, I mean, do what you got to do because yeah. it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong, I've I have never gotten into it, but I love it you, watching other yeah. people play the computer game of it. And if you've ever sat down and watched an army of wild men fight orcs on this massive campaign level battlefield, it's beautiful. You'd actually really like watching uh, the latest stuff because they have a whole race of dinosaur people. Oh, not, no, 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 not just dinosaurs with people, <laughs> dinosaur people. Oh, like what Jurassic World was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're like these humanoid dinosaurs that worship this uh, this ancient alien. Space dinosaur. It's really, really interesting. But this is not a lore episode, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, but <laughs> it's a fun game. But like I said, the miniatures are so expensive. That's yeah. like the biggest drawback to it. Like if you play Warhammer, that's your hobby. Yes. That's your only hobby. Yes. Because it costs so much. Because you got to paint the miniature figures. You got to invest the money to get the figures. You got to paint the figures. I've already said that. Uh, just do more of it. Yeah. Them. One time I went to Chicago, and there's this big, like, famous mall there. I walk into the mall. The very first store on the right, a Warhammer store. Only Wait. Warhammer. Seriously. Just Warhammer. That's wow. it. That's all they sold was Warhammer stuff. Well, there's a market. Go for it. Yeah. That's how expensive it is. You can keep a whole store open with just Warhammer if your population's big enough. But then you got to find a group of people who also play Warhammer. Then you got to find enough space to play Warhammer. Oh, and then you, you got to learn to play Warhammer. You can find people that play Warhammer. In the town where we go... Uh, in the, all the towns that I go to regularly have a big Warhammer population. I know for a fact. <laughs> Except the one I live in, because our whole population in the entire county is like fifteen thousand. No, yeah. that's nothing. And, and then there's uh, I don't know if the board game is anything like the computer game, but if it is, then you've got the dozens and dozens of different armies to pick from. I know yeah. in the computer game, if you're playing just the fantasy Warhammer, you've got um, as far as humans go, you've got the Vikings, you got the Wild Men, you got. The various kingdoms. Then you've got different elven kingdoms. Then you've got the different monster races and kingdoms who are also fighting. Then you got the orcs. Yeah, it might be more expansive in the video games just because it can be. Ah. But I'm not sure. Yeah, Warhammer's a big one, dude. And then that's not even... That's just the fantasy Warhammer. Then you have Warhammer 40k, which is basically the same game, just in space with guns. <laughs> Warhammer... In space! I actually really do like the humans in Warhammer 40k. They, they've ascended and evolved to the point that they don't believe in God anymore, that they are the God. So me? <laughs> except way more physically fit. They're like me, except they can take care of themselves. <laughs> I'm not condoning or imposing any religious beliefs, by Yeah, the of way. course, we support all religious beliefs here at I'm, Tabletop I'm Recap. just explaining that that's what they believe in the Warhammer universe, yeah. Literally, there was a human so awesome and powerful and psychic and telekinetic that he just became a god. <laughs> uh, but I do, I, I actually have a website I want to talk about. This is not an ad. Uh, I'd have to legally disclose if it was an ad, thanks to the Fire Festival, but I don't. <laughs> uh, it's because it's not an ad. Uh, HeroForge.com. I sent you a link to that, remember? Yes, yes, you did. That is a cool website. Uh, I, at some point, will use it. 
Um, but again, because I kind of have to paint my own mini, uh, I might have to hold off. But I do love the concept of creating a 3D model of your own custom mini. Yeah, I played around with it and made this like skeleton robot entertainer dude. Dude, I would love to have that miniature at some point as an NPC character. The one that I made? Yeah. He just, looks like an NPC, doesn't he? He looks like some he looks like a trickster that would just kind of pop in and out of the dimension giving you random magical yeah. side quests. He had that owl on his arm? Yes. Yeah, if you want to see a picture of him, go to our Facebook page, B3 Podcasts, and I posted it. I posted pictures of it. I could just it. see him popping into a, a tavern right in front of you out of nowhere saying, I require 12 bloodstones. Please go and fetch these for me and I will give you oodles of money. Yeah, that's exactly how he he would speak. He's a robot Ooh, skeleton of money. dressed as an entertainer. With it means an owl. nothing to me, <laughs> but maybe you could use it. <laughs> That's the perfect voice for him. He, he has to deal out. Uh, I'm going to be a great quest. DM. He's got to deal out quests. That absolutely. That's a great. Uh, if you were going to make a miniature on there, what kind would you make? Oh, oh gosh. And it's relatively affordable. Well, if uh, I wanted to make something, um. Oh, now you put me on the spot. Now I can't think of anything. What about Faith? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. A female counterpart to Fate. So, if you, don't, if you don't remember, Fate is his tiefling that he made, but it was his first character ever, and he made it without the Dungeon Master's help, so it sucks, and he does so, stupid so things. So what I'm thinking, <laughs> and what I've been encouraged to do, is it is going to be a female relative of Fate, kind of a distant, long-lost cousin, what have you, and he... She is still going to be a tiefling magic user, but I'm thinking of making her a wizard instead of a sorcerer. She doesn't have the genie magic that Fate does. I thought the genie was a joke! <laughs> um, so she's going to have a book of spells, and she basically, in terms of mental capacity and forethought, she's going to be everything that Fate is not. She's going to be like, oh, you ran into my cousin? Yeah, we don't like to talk about him. Yeah, because all of us like Fate. We think he's funny. We think he's great. He's the source of all our inside joke memes. But the two-thirds of our merch is literally just about Fate. <laughs> For real. Tarp Goblin, the one called Fate Knocks at Your Door. Oh, I just realized what Fate is. Uh, if you ever watched a TV series, he is that I've one... I've watched a TV series, no, yes. no, 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 no. He's that one <laughs> goblin side character who... Everyone in the show doesn't like, but all of the fans really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, he's like that. So, But he's so weak. His HP's half of ours at his max. And he, he's got like a negative strength modifier. And your character does suck. Yes, he does. Uh, I have never denied that. It was your first try without any help. I think everyone is deserves at least one bad character yeah. creation, especially when they're first starting out. It's like how every middle schooler is entitled to one cringy fan fiction, right? All D&D players are entitled to one cringy character. Yeah, and as funny as he is, I'm definitely proving... In fact, I've actually already made a warlock. He is by far way less pretentious. Um already has a better backstory and reasoning for his motives and he just he's balanced better i actually took in to account some character creation strategy guides and videos that i watched and i said okay so here's how i can make this character well balanced without being a total crapper yeah moral of the story is we want faith to exist because when fate inevitably dies 
Uh, we just really want him to stick around. I think we should like put his soul in something so that we can carry him around. No, I'll tell you what would be, be great. Funny. Is yeah, no soul trap him, put him in a magical artifact, and make it sentient. Yeah, like in Batman. You remember? You know, uh, I think it was Batman Last Night on Earth, where he has like the Joker's living head like attached to his utility belt. Mm-hmm. You did you read that? No, no, I didn't read not. it either. Oh, um, but maybe you could like a stone of lightning or something that's sentient and it acts basically like a lightning grenade and every time it's used up the soul is released and it just goes somewhere else in the universe just causing trouble trying to be helpful but failing horribly. i think faith would be easier to do uh and honestly it's just you could i could make her character really easily compared to 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 fate yeah now that you've done a lot of research and know how to yeah make characters i mean she's, and... she's a magic user she'd have a lot of the same spells oh. just instead of being a sorcerer yeah, and because of you, our DM made a new rule that he has to be present when you make your character because you actually. Up so bad. I said this before, but I learned recently that that's what you're supposed to do yeah. before a campaign. I totally had Matt, had um, Kami Kami sat me down and said, "Okay, we need to make some changes." I totally would not have been a against the yeah. idea, but you worked but so he, hard on your character. He well, was like, then, I didn't, "Yeah, he didn't have the heart to tell you." Well, and but you know what? That's I'm a history major in college. I like half of my criteria was developing a thick skin, being able to listen and say, "Listen, this idea sucks. You need to redo it." So, had he said that, I would not have been offended. And yes, I did put hours of work into it, but I still would have much rather had a more balanced character. Granted, we wouldn't have all the memes yeah. we have today with it. The work would be more worth it if he was playable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I learned very quickly that someone as a sorcerer does not work well with a folk hero background who does not consider his actions before acting on them. And this part was just a, like a coincidence, like a weird accident, but you played a tiefling in a campaign that's not friendly to tieflings, like socially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we kind of got sidetracked talking about fate and faith and stuff. But, but yeah, we need it's to. All relevant. I, I will. It's, that's probably going to be the one figure I make is a female faith character. Yeah, because you already have a really good one for faith himself. Yes. Really nice hand. Pa- I'll, uh, I'll take a picture of it and put it on the Facebook page so all of you can see it uh, if you if you don't mind. Sure. Um, but uh, do you have any other types of miniatures you want to pimp out? No. At this point, it would just be me oozing and oodling over. The different figures themselves, talking about the quality of craftsmanship, but no yeah. one wants to hear about that. This ain't no ASMR if, video. If this was a video podcast, we could have done a whole one on just D&D, but I don't want to do a whole one on just one type of miniature and have you not be able to see it, you know? Yeah. But uh, we're not presentable enough for video. You're not presentable enough on video. We're nudists. <laughs> You're a nudist. <laughs> You're a nudist. You're a towel. <laughs> What was that from? South Park. Oh, yeah. You're a towel. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I will do business with China. <laughs> is, that, is that bear? Is that stinking bear? It's ready to poke. <laughs> we don't do good tallies. Uh, but I guess that's it then. Thank you all very much for listening. This was a short one. We tried to go up to 30 minutes, and after 30 minutes, it doesn't matter. Uh, but thank you all very much for your support. Remember to rate, comment, subscribe. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, these episodes go up on YouTube several days after they air on things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So be sure to go to the link in the description below and sub to the audio show where you can hear it several days earlier. 
Also, we have merch, as we said. The, check out our eBay link. We have um, a Facebook page is what I was trying to say. We have a Facebook page. Check that out, B3 Podcasts. It'll have the tabletop recap as the logo currently until I get a full logo just for the podcasts made. But uh, that's it. Faith is li- Faith's literally getting up and leaving. Big Boy Chungus is out of here. Faith is out <laughs> of the room. <laughs> the one called Faith is getting the heck out of here. You disappoint me. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you all once again, and we'll see you all next week.